Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. If ye heard, have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to youward, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mysteries, as I wrote afore in a few words. Whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mysteries of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow, fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by, gospel, by the gospel. Wherefore I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by this effectual working of his power. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for all your mercy and grace and Lord. We Lord, I can go home now and say I've been blessed in church. And Lord, I just praise you and thank you. Thank you for the children. Thank you for each one that's here tonight. Lord, and we'll praise and glorify you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We have been looking in the book of Ephesians for some times now. And I want to look what Paul said. That you and I as Gentiles have been saved by the grace of God and the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That means that you are now, you are uh, are partakers. We we have a part in this. We're not so longer on the outside looking in, but we're on the inside looking out. It makes a difference. This makes a difference on which side you're on today. If you're on the outside looking in, the things of God wants to make a big thrill in your life. If you're on the outside, it's not going to help you. And can I say this? It's no big joke. This is not a laughing matter. If you're on the inside looking out, you know how wonderful it is. You are partakers in the gospel of Christ, the promise of God. I am thankful and I love this trait of God because my life, and eternity hangs on this, this night. In verse number 6 it said, We are partakers of His promise in Christ by the gospel. Maybe what I'm preaching about, uh, uh, about these promises of God. Maybe, maybe it doesn't mean much to some people. And most people doesn't ex- get excited about promises. Maybe you have reasons on why you don't get excited about promises. Maybe your husband promised you something or your wife promised you something and it didn't come through. Maybe you was promised this or that and it just didn't happen. So you don't rest your hat too tightly on promises. And if we're honest, every one of us have said things and promised things that we just could not keep. I don't mean to not keep a promise but there's just sometimes you're just going to break a promise and we don't understand when we do break a promise it really hurts the other person more than it hurts us as we break them none of us are perfect none of us perfect tonight in the flesh 
you don't believe me, just look at around with the elections going on today. You're about to be overwhelmed with all the stuff, with all the odds of the social media and the promises that they'll make time in, time out. But when they get there, none of them are kept. It's the season for to be deceptive. There are more promises made during this season and nobody keeps them. So it's hard for people to uh, really enjoy hearing something about promises. Some of you may have stood in front of a preacher with your soon-to-be husband or your soon-to-be wife and made a vow until death do us part. And sometime later that to be broken. Many of us have made promises and we've had to break them. Can I say this? If you make a promise, try your best to keep that promise. When I was growing up, when I was a young person and a kid running around here, a, a, a man's word was his bond. You could actually have, shake somebody's hand and make a deal on it, and that, that means that you have my word on it. That is my promise. Today, when you shake somebody's hand and they make a promise to you, you can get it in writing, they still can break it. It don't mean anything today. I love this about the Savior. I'm talking about the Lord tonight. The Bible says, For the promises of God in Him, yea, and in Him, amen. In other words, the promise of Him that is the right that is true, and it will not be broken tonight. Hebrews 13 said, Let your conversation be without covetous, and be content with such things as ye have, for ye have said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. I'm glad that he said that. I serve a God that does not break a promise. We can, we can come boldly and sing uh, standing on the promises of God. Christ my King through eternal ages. Let the praises ring glory in the highest. I will shout and sing standing on the promises of God. Whatever comes down the road, whatever happens in the future, the promises of God is the same as is in 2024 as it was in 2023. You can stand on the promise of God. You can take it to bank because they are true today. Look, look at Hebrews chapter 6 for me right quick. Hold your finger there and just look at Hebrews chapter 6 for me right quick. I want to show you these promises of God. 6.13 When God made promise to Abraham because he could not swear by none greater he swore by himself Amen. saying surely blessing I will bless thee and multiply I will multiply thee and so after he had patiently endured the, he obtained the promise the promise of God for men verily swear the greater and, and the oath for a confirmation is to them an end to all strife. Wherein God willing, no, willing more abundantly to show us the heirs of promise 
the immutable of his counsel conferred in by his oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled from refuge to lay a hold upon the hope of sets before us, which hope we have an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which endureth that uh, even within the veil. God's people said, people break their promises over and over, but God breaks his, it cannot break his promises. The word immutable there simply means unchangeable. He is saying that in the text that he's unchangeable. The promise of God does not change. He does not get up in the morning and says, hey, I don't think I want to keep that promise. I'm just going to wipe that out. No, once he promises, it's forever. And he honors every promise that he makes. Listen to me, this, I know that there ain't nothing we can do. I found there's three things that God can, can't do. He can't lose. Amen. He can't leave, and he can't lie. I say glory to God. God can't lose, God can't leave, and God can't lie to us. Amen. I'm glad that I can walk boldly to the throne of God, into the unknown. And I know that I will come out tomorrow, because he's already in my tomorrow for me. I will hold on to the fact that I serve an unchanging God. He is the same yesterday and He is the same tomorrow. And you can rely on His promises tonight. Your husband may lie to you. Your wife may lie to you. Your kids may lie to you. Your friends may lie to you. Your family may lie to you. But that has nothing to do with God. That has nothing to do with you serving God. Amen. You might even say somebody at church lied to me. That has nothing to do with God. If you want it, I will give you a couple minutes and you'd stand and tell me that God has lied to you. And none of us can stand and say God lied to me. God did this to me. No, you can't do that. God is sure. God is true. God is unchangeable. Where can I grab a hold of the promises? Back to the text, chapter 3 and verse 6. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of this, promise in Christ by the gospel. The Bible calls it exceedingly great and precious in order for you to receive the promise of God. You have to grab a hold of the gospel. You have to be born again. We talked about that this morning. God's promises are those who, who trust in His Son. You have to believe on the gospel if you want to experience the promise of God. So what are the promises of God? What are the promises of God? In this text here, what are the promises of God? First of all, I see there's a promise of forgiveness of sin. 
The promise of the gospel is to, to give those who have come to God by Jesus Christ to forgive them all their sins. One of the greatest promises associated with the gospel, God will forgive you of all your sins. I can't think of nothing greater than that. Ephesians 1 says, And in whom we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of sin. I don't know about you, but I, before I was saved, I would lay my head down on my pillow, and all the things that I've done, I sit and wondered, and why, Lord, if I die tonight, hell would be my home. I would lose sleep. I'd wake up sweating. I just could not find no rest in it at all. I could not do anything because I didn't know where I was going. I was un unsure about anything. I didn't understand everything. But when I got saved, my soul... I'm talking about the promise of God. I changed. We have raised a generation telling them how good they are. We have raised a generation that is so wicked, vile. The Bible and the authority, they stand against it all. No, we shouldn't be telling everybody they're no good and they're all going to hell without God. But people don't want to hear that. The Bible describes the condition of man without Christ. He's not good. He's no good. He's lost in his sins. He is doomed and condemned unto the mighty hand of God. And, we, and if he dies in that shape, if you die in the sins that you're walking in today, you will wind up in a Christless eternity in the lake of fire forever. Now you can just try to debate that all you want to, but the Bible says without God, hell's your home. How does a man step out of the judgment of that? He is to come and he is to be forgiven of his sins. He asked God. You can go to the baptism pool all you want to. You can put your name on the membership of the church all you want to. You can go to a confession booth and, where's my cigarette? You can do all those things you want to. They're not going to help you. It can't help you. The only way that you can get forgiveness of your sins is by the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not going to happen your way. It's not going to happen my way. It's not going to happen any way but by Jesus Christ. You, just because you're good, just because you give money, it's not going to happen that way. You still will go to hell as a moral person. So how does a man receive forgiveness of sin? He receives forgiveness of sin through the belief of the gospel. And that is the free gift of God. Listen to me. I don't know what you have done. Some of you are sitting here right now. Saying, if, uh, if preacher, if you only knew what I've done, I got one better than you. If you only knew what I have done. Some of the things I've thought, some of the things I've said, some of the places I've been. If you only knew, preacher, 
How can God forgive me of that? Believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, I, I've been involved in this. I've been involved in that. Believe on the cross, gospel of Jesus Christ. You can have the forgiveness of God. I'm telling you about forgiveness today. It's just not for the up and outers. It's just not for the elite. It's for whosoever. And I thank God that we are a whosoever. Not just for the rich or the high society. You can be low down, down and out, dragged out and everything else and still come and get forgiveness of sins by believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wash away all your sins in the royal blood shed at the cross of Calvary. Thank God for the forgiveness of sin. That is a promise of God. He's not going to take it back. He's not going to get up one day and say, well, I made a promise that I will forgive you of your sins, but you know what? Some of y'all's sins are too bad, and I don't want to do that. Some of you walked real weary, and I don't want to forgive you. Well, I couldn't blame him if I did, but he said, I can't. I made a promise. And God makes a promise. He keeps it. <laughs> your friends may remember what you used to be like. Amen. Hey, even your family may remember what you used to be like. Amen. They seen you as a low life, low bearing, no good, rotten, good and for nothing, didn't want to do anything, didn't even want to have fellowship with you, no kinfolk, because you're so mean. You're so rotten, you stink. Amen. There's plenty of people who want to come to church. Who's the pastor? Jimmy, Jimmy Woods? <laughs> really? I didn't see that in him. Neither did I. Neither did I. Hey, we, they may see what we used to be, but when there's a change and you've been forgiven of your sins, there's a change on the inside and God makes something different on the end. Hey, he don't change the outside, the inside. He starts on the inside and works his way out. Amen. I may look the same, but I ain't the same. Thank God I'm not what I used to be, but thank God I'm not what I'm going to be. I'm going to be something different. Amen. I pray for forgiving this morning, being forgiven this evening. He said, he'll never forsake me. He'll never forsake me. Hebrews said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He promised that once you're saved, he said, I'll never, ever leave you. Jesus said, lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the world. Amen. That means, hey, you can agree with that. The Lord never promised that. You, once you got saved, that there will be nothing but rose gardens. He didn't promise that once you got saved, everything is cookies and ice cream. He never promised that once you got saved, butter, pecan, all you want to have. He never promised that. But he said, in all the mist and trials and troubles that you're going through, and all the pain and suffering that you're going through, and all the darkness that you're in, I will be there with you. That is the promise of God. I'll never forsake thee. 
I'm telling you as a child of God, you have a promise that he will never leave you today. In Exodus, the Bible said that, that God had delivered the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And the Bible said when they got to the other side, Moses and the children of Israel sang the song, praising God, giving God the glory because God had delivered them out of bondage. You know, you probably done the same thing. You probably pray to God, I'm, a, I'm addicted to this. I, I'm a, under the bondage of this. These changes got me down. I, I can't seem to get out. And you kept praying and kept praying. That's how the children of Israel got up. They kept praying and kept praying. They didn't give up. And God heard their prayer and sent Moses down. Let me just say this. If you got something hanging on to you, you're trying to get rid of, keep praying. God sends somebody to get you out of that. Some of you right here, sitting here right tonight, could stand up and sing songs about how God delivered you, how God broke the bondages of your sins, how He broke you out of that addiction. God got you out of that, and you sing and praise God. But it wasn't but one chapter later, them bunch of Baptists, you brought me out here to die. Brought them in the water of the mirror, and it was sour, it was bitter, and they couldn't drink it. We're going to die out here. Baptist, I'm telling you. God promised him. He said, I'm going to take you to the promised land. The land that I gave your fathers. I'm going to take you there. He didn't say, I'm going to take you there without battles. He didn't say, I'm going to take you there. It's going to be easy. But he says, I'm going to take you there and I will be with you all the way. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy. But he promised to never forsake us tonight. Ephesians 2.19, Now therefore ye have no more strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizenship with the saints and the household of God. I'm no longer an outcast. I'm part of the beloved. And now I have a family. And I have a father that said, I will never leave you. Listen, you don't have to come to the dark nights to get into your, your life or have a large battle to face. I don't care how much opposition you have that stands in front of you. If you're saved, the God that forgave your sins promised not to leave you. And that is a great promise. It's not going to walk out on you. You may have fans and families and they'll walk out on you, but he'll never walk out on you. You say, what if I fail? What do you mean, if? <laughs> You're going to fail. God forgave us our sins. What if I mess up? Well, if you mess up, then you got 1 John 1. For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're going to fail, but you have someone to run to. I'll never leave you. You will fail him. I have failed him. And we're going to fail him until he takes us home. 
but he has never failed you. The promise of forgiveness of sin, it'll never forsake us, but also the promise of the future I love. I want you to understand something. The promise of Christ by the gospel is not just good here, but it's good for the hereafter. The promise doesn't end with here and now. And I'm talking about a promise that goes way out into eternity. Jesus is on his way to the cross and died for the sins of this world. He sheds his blood and rose on the third day. That, that, what a promise. And then he told him in John 14, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believed in God, believe in me also. Talking about the promise. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may also be. What a promise. What a promise. And, and that promise is not just for here and now. But he said, comfort each other with those verses. But it's not just for here and now, but it's the promise for the, he, the eternity that we're going to. Thomas said, Lord, we know not the way. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man cometh to the Father except by me. The promise is this. When Jesus, when he gets back to glory... Two men in white pearl were standing to see the man in the Galilee. He said, why are you men standing here at Galilee? Why are you standing and gazing up to heaven? This same Jesus you see is taken up from you in heaven. So shall he like mountain. He shall come back. That is the promise of God. The promise of the future is this. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. With the voice of an archangel. And with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then which we are remain alive. But we call up together with him. And be in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. You say what's that? That's the promise of God's future for you and I. People today will try to tell you what the future is going to be like. But really nobody knows what the future is going to be like. Nobody knows what the future is going to hold. For any one of us, I cannot tell you what tomorrow is going to hold for you. You cannot tell it for what's going to be holding for me. I, can't, I don't know whether I'm going to do this or do that. You don't know whether you're going to do this or that. James said you should always say this. If the Lord will. I will imagine everyone in here has some, their afternoon as. The days are planned out. The evenings are planned out. I'm going to go eat here. I'm going to hang out there. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But you can't make a promise on that. But I'm telling you about the one that has made us a promise for the future. He has looked already when time shall be no more. Get this now. He's, he's, he's looked and seen when time's not going to be anymore. There shall be no more time, but he saw there shall be no more tears, there shall be no more death, there shall be no more sorrow, there shall be no pain. 
All the former things passed away. Behold, all things become new. That is the promise of the future. If you're here and you are not saved, there is a promise for you too. We see the promise for those that are saved. They have a home. They have a father. God's preparing something for them. But if you're here and you're not saved, you haven't sold out to God, you haven't given your soul to God, your home, your life, your family, everything, if you haven't given it to God, there's a promise for you. You find in Revelation, death and hell delivered up within them was cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever's name's not found or written in the look of life were cast into the lake of fire. God's not going to break his promise. He said, well, how do I get out of that lake of fire? How do, how do, I don't go, how, the, how can I get out of it? Believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Give your heart and soul to him and walk after him. It, it's, it's just not a one-day thing. One day a week, I'll walk with God on Sunday. No, when you get up Monday morning, Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, it's a walk with God. Is it easy? No, it ain't easy. But I'm going to get up every morning determined to walk with God as best of my ability. And if I fall, I confess he's faithful to forgive. He's going to clean me up and put me back on that path again. But if I fall, I'm not just going to give up. I have a plan in my life, and that's to reach the pearly gates of heaven. That's the plan in my life. I, I don't know where your plan is. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're going at. I, that's up between you and God. I am not going to be the one to say, hey, you're going to hell. You're not going to hell. God knows who is and who ain't. Well, how did God know? He looks up in his book. Oh, there his name is written in the book here. Looks in the book. I, I don't see your name here. I don't see your name. Well, I was a good person. I was a moral person. I don't see your name here. I tied. I gave. I worked. I handed out tracts. I prayed. I fasted. I don't see your name here. What are you trying to say? You're doing all those outward appearances, inward appearances. You've got to set God in your heart and walk after him. The Bible says continuously, every day, every day. Not just on Sunday morning, Sunday night and Wednesday night, but every day you walk with God. Amen.